you and I are in the midst of the greatest battle of our lives. It is a battle that we don't see regularly on a date regularly. It's not a, it's not a battle of material weapons, but it's a spiritual battle that is taking place outside of this world, a supernatural battle that is taking place on behalf of our souls. It is a battle between good and evil. It is a battle between life and death, a battle between heaven and hell. The good news about this battle that we are in the midst of is that the actual war itself has been won, in that Jesus Christ has come, he has conquered death, he has risen, he has ascended, and he has given us every weapon that we need to overcome in this battle in order to win in order to gain eternal life. There is nothing that is not at our disposal to keep us from heaven, except for our own sin, our own weakness, and our own squandering of the weapons and the gifts that God has given us. This weekend we celebrate this great solemnity of the baptism of our Lord. I think there's an obvious, obvious question that should be raised when we, when, he think, when we think of the baptism of our Lord. We know that baptism forgives sins. And so that obvious question is, why was Jesus baptized? He didn't have any sin. He is God. Do you remember a few years ago, probably a while, more than just a few now, there used to be those Chuck Norris jokes. Right? Remember them? They're really cheesy and really kind of dumb. But there's a Chuck Norris joke that says, when Chuck Norris jumps into the swimming pool, he doesn't get wet. The swimming pool gets Chuck Norris. It's dumb, I told you. I told you it was dumb. It's really weird, though, how it correlates to our gospel today. Because when Jesus goes down into the water, it's not that Jesus is sanctified by the water. When you and I are baptized, we are sanctified by the water and by the words of the priest or the deacon. Then when they pour the water over us, we become sanctified in that baptism. But with Jesus, because he is God, when he goes down into the water, he sanctifies the water. He makes the water a tool for our salvation. So that we may be washed clean in this new birth. And that being having this new birth, we are freed from sin. And thus we are incorporated into Christ Jesus, incorporated into the church. So we may have every weapon available to us, every tool available to us to reach eternal life, to have eternal life. And our God, who is so gracious and so good to us, at the moment of Jesus' baptism, and remember last week we talked about the epiphany. The epiphany being a manifestation of God in a threefold event in his, in the three kings coming to visit him in, in, uh, at his birth, his baptism, which we celebrate today, and the wedding feast of Cana. What is manifested at the baptism is the most holy trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father who speaks and says, you are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. 
The first time ever in Scripture that the Holy Spirit has been concretely revealed happens at Jesus' baptism. And because Jesus has gone before us and has sanctified the water and invites us into this relationship with Him, into this interpersonal relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and when we are baptized, we are taken into this divine nature of Jesus, so that when that water is poured over our heads, the Holy Trinity is made present again. We may not be able to see it, we may not hear it, but the same words that God spoke over Jesus at His baptism are spoken over us. So that God the Father says, You are my beloved Son, in You I am well pleased. You are my beloved daughter, in You I am well pleased. And at that moment, the dove comes upon Jesus, settles upon Him, and the Holy Spirit comes upon Him. We, in that same way, the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and we are made a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. We are infused with the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. This this baptism for us literally transforms who we are. We were not a child of God, and now we are. We did not participate in the divine nature, and now we do. It literally changes us. How often do we get away from that baptism? Because it often happens that when we are, when we are babies, how often when we get older, we forget who we are. We forget that we have been washed clean. We forget that we are partakers in the divine nature. We forget that God dwells within us until we squander what we have been given. We no longer live out what God has made us to be. Beyond our baptism, God then pours out into us the Holy Spirit even more so, and in a sense, the fullness of the Holy Spirit and giving us the gifts of the Holy Spirit at our confirmation. And those gifts are given to us not as a baptism from CCD as some believe and never come back to CCD or never never learn about their faith ever again after that. But the gifts of confirmation, the gifts of the Holy Spirit of confirmation are given to us to be made soldiers, to enter more fully into this battle of heaven and earth, to enter more fully into this battle that we are, that is being raged against us by the devil himself, so we can overcome our temptations, so that we can overcome our sin, and so that we can live in the freedom that God has made us to live in. And not only does God give us the grace in confirmation, He then feeds us with His own body and His blood in the Eucharist. He gives us food to strengthen us. He gives us His body and His blood to unite us to Him so we can continue to fight these battles. So that every week we come to Mass, we can be replenished with that food to go out into the world to fight again. But it's a battle that remains unseen most of the time. But I bet you have experienced this battle in your own life. Maybe you struggle against a sin that you keep going to confession for. Or maybe this is probably a real, in a real way that you experience it. Maybe you made a New Year's resolution. We're nine days past the new year. 
How many of you have kept that New Year's resolution? Don't raise your hands. But notice when we try to make a change in habit, how difficult it is to make that change in our life. That's a real battle that is going on within us, but also outside of us. It's a supernatural battle that's happening because when we're trying to make change for the good in our life. The devil never likes that. And he will tempt us back to our former ways. One other thing that happens after our baptism is we are, we are taught the faith. We are given the knowledge of our faith through our parents, through our CCD, through our Catholic schools. So we have this head knowledge that we are given about what we believe as Catholics. One of the areas that we fall short as Catholics, I believe, is we don't actually learn how to live this out. We don't actually learn how to use these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so we go about our day and we completely forget about them. We kind of lock them inside of us and we don't live out of them. We live out of our own abilities, our own powers. But if we were to begin to recite one little prayer every day, every hour, every half hour of our day, what would happen with those gifts? What if we were to begin reciting that one little prayer of come Holy Spirit? That's it. What if we were to say come Holy Spirit at every hour? And we recall the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God has given us and we begin to live out of those gifts. What would happen to the world in which we live? What would happen to our immediate world of those that we work with, those that we live with, those that we encounter in the street? What would happen if we began to live out of that spirit that we have been given? One of the tremendous blessings in my life was to work for FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. It was very challenging two years for me, making me go outside of myself, failing in the work that I was supposed to be doing in tremendous ways. But also so far out of my comfort zone, knowing that the Holy Spirit was the only one that could be working in my life. The Holy Spirit was the only one that could be producing the fruit that was happening. Because I knew that out of my abilities, they were so far from anything that could produce that kind of fruit. One of the things that Focus does is they put on a conference called Seek. In the Seek conference, they've gotten really good at putting this conference on. They've been doing it since since uh, the founding of Focus in 1998. I've been to multiple of these conferences and they've gotten better over the years. What they do at these conferences is they encourage us. They train us. And they send us. You could say it's a build, a win, a build, and a send conference. They win us by encouraging us in the faith. They build us by giving, some, giving us some tools that we need. And at the end of the conference, they send us out. Over the last two years with COVID, they haven't been able to meet in person. Normally, the seat conference is a, is a, is a meeting of about 20,000 individuals. 
mostly college students that meet in one location and listen to these talks are encouraged, are, are encouraged to be built up and to be sent out at the end of the conference. But one of the beautiful things that has happened in COVID is that they've been able to make these conferences available to everybody. They live stream to the organization or to the place that is going to watch it. So they encourage small groups to gather in homes. They encourage parishes to gather together and watch them together. And of course, the colleges and universities where they work at, they gather students together in that way and do that. And because they now do this, we are inviting focus, or at least the conference, into our parish. At the end of your pews, you'll see a little explainer or an opportunity to sign up for that conference. It's February 4th, 5th, and 6th. The purpose of this conference and the purpose of inviting this conference to our parish is to be able to build us up, to allow the Holy Spirit to work within us, to be trained to use these gifts to evangelize our community, to go out and bring the gospel to everyone that we meet. Because as Christ came as a manifestation of who God is and God's love for us, we are meant to take that love into the world and be a manifestation of God's love in the world. That's what we're called to do. By virtue of our baptism, we are called to holiness. And through that holiness, we are then to take that and we are sent to go out into the world and preach to the whole world and make disciples of all nations. I encourage you to really think about coming to this conference, signing up for it. If you need help signing up for it, please contact me and I'm happy to help you sign up. On that little sheet, there's what's called a QR code. Looks like a UPC symbol. I didn't know about these things until I worked with college students the last two years. They're really quite handy and really quite uh, quite extraordinary. It takes you directly to the page to sign up once you point your uh, smartphone camera at it. You just click the link and it takes you right there to sign up. So if you need help doing that, please let me know. But I encourage you to sign up. Because I really believe that in this time, in this age in which we live, God is calling us to something more than the way that we have been living. He's calling us to come together as a community to pray together, to be encouraged together, to be sent out, in a sense, arm in arm as a church, to bring the good news, to bring the message of God to all that we encounter. And this is how we do this. By living out of the Holy Spirit that we have been given by living out of the gifts that we have been given in our confirmation and being sent as Jesus sends us to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's our calling by virtue of our baptism to be holy and to share Christ with others.